The Patent Trial and Appeal Board, also known as PTAB, was created in September 2012 and significantly changed how U.S. patents are challenged and litigated. Since its inception, the PTAB has caused concern for practitioners and patent owners, prompting many to refer to the PTAB as a patent death squad. Finnegan's Eric Arner and Tim McAnulty join us now to review recent PTAB trends that indicate the situation may not be as dire as was originally predicted. Erica, the PTO recently issued a request for comment on a number of different areas of the PTAB practice. Does this indicate that PTAB processes may be changing? Yes, I think the PTO is looking very closely at changing some of the procedures. Of course, they are bound by the statute, so everything required by the America Invents Act is required until Congress says otherwise. But within that broad framework, the PTAB has lots of discretion on its rulemaking, and so they have series of rules packages that have been in place for a couple of years now, and this request for comments asked for input on how the rules are working, and I do expect that the PTAB will revise some of the rules particularly in a couple of areas where I think they've received a lot of feedback, some rather critical. And those areas include the ability of patent owners to amend their patents during the proceedings by a motion to amend. That's a very hot topic and an area where I expect they will receive a lot of comments and potentially change the procedures. Other areas that I think we may see some changes are how the patent office is handling situations where there are multiple parties involved. They've discovered that many of these proceedings can involve several different parties, maybe several different defendants sued for infringing the same patent may file their own petitions and how to handle these multi-defendant cases, which have become very common. And also the claim construction standard applied by the patent office is not mandated by statute, but rather by the office itself. And so whether or not they're using the correct claim construction standard is something else I expect them to consider in this next rulemaking process that we anticipate will happen through the end of 2014. Tim, let's turn to you here. The PTAB issued a decision granting a successful motion to amend for the first time. Can you explain the significance of this decision? Sure. There were a lot of early decisions from the board that what many thought set out very strict requirements for patent owners to make successful amendments. But we did recently um, see a PTAB decision that did grant a motion to amend. The early decisions included a number, um, including uh, idle free which was a representative decision from the board, and that emphasized that these new proceedings are more adjudicative in nature, and they're not like old ex parte re-exams or even inter partes re-exams, and that the new trials were not really an opportunity for patent owners to seek entirely new claims of entirely new subject matter. The idle-free decision also emphasized that the board expects patent owners to specifically identify the features added and show where the support in the original disclosure is for those, and to show patentability. Uh, One thing to remember, these amendments are made by motion, and the patent owner, by bringing the motion, bears the burden to persuade the board that the new claims are patentable. And one other requirement that the board set out in the idle free decision is that it expects patent owners to include an explanation of what the patent owner knows as the state of the art in other patent uh, or prior art that may be out there that the patent owner is aware of. And like I said, 
a lot of practitioners felt that these were very, very strict requirements to make amendments, and the board had not granted uh, any until it did grant one in international flavors. One thing to keep in mind is that these amended claims and these new claims are being presented for the first time to the PTAB. They have not undergone any substantive examination, and the board is faced with determining patentability without any additional searching um, and without any new rejections or back and forth with the patent owner. In international flavors, the board noted that the proposed claims did not broaden the scope of the issued claims, which is a statutory requirement. The board also relied, again, on idle free and emphasized that the patent owner should come forward with evidence and rationale to demonstrate patentability of the proposed claims. And here in International Flavors, the patent owner did provide a number of publications and included an expert declaration to support its motion. The board relied heavily on this evidence when discussing the amended claims and ultimately granting the motion in its final written decision. Although the early decisions from the board emphasized several requirements for amending claims, the bar is not insurmountable, or it doesn't appear to be. And the patent owner seeking to make amendments should, probably at least for now, present as much evidence as possible, including declarations, if they can and follow the guidance from the board in its decision in international flavors. And I think one of the real challenging things, just from a practical standpoint, and one of the things that I think we may see change in the revised rules that we expect the board to issue later this year, is that all of the showings that Tim is talking about in a motion to amend currently have to happen in 15 pages. So even a a small thing like the page limit set by the board by rule have proved to be very challenging, particularly given the treatment that the board is giving in these decisions that Tim was discussing. And so I think the page limit may be one area, one example of something we may see change in the upcoming rules consideration by the board. And Tim, early observations of PTAB trials indicated that this is where patents go to die, but recent statistics might suggest otherwise. Can you share some examples of these statistics? That's true. There were a lot of early commentary about that, that this is where patents went to die, where all the claims were being canceled. And a lot of the early final decisions did cancel all the challenged claims and also denied many, as we've talked about, motions to amend. Practitioners did feel that the board was some sort of death squad for these claims and these patents. But recent statistics do show a little bit different. As of April 2014, the board published some statistics on a very specific claim-by-claim basis, And these statistics may show otherwise. Based on those statistics, there have been about 170 patents that have been petitioned, including total claims of all those patents, about 5,500 claims. Of those 5,500 claims, a little more than 2,000 have been challenged, uh, leaving about 3,000 not challenged at all. So petitioners did not bring any challenge against about half of the claims. Of the challenge claims, the board instituted trial on about 60% of them, around 1,300 claims. So although petitioners are bringing challenges against certain claims, the board has found that they have not met the initial threshold to institute trial. More than about 800 challenged claims were not instituted based on that. Of the 800 that are challenged, the statistics show 327 claims have been found unpatentable. There's also another 245 that were canceled or disclaimed by patent owners. So overall, there's about According to statistics from the board, about 55% of the instituted claims are surviving. Although the first wave of the final decisions did cancel all the challenge claims, the statistics from the board show that this trend may not be continuing. One thing to note that these statistics are basically all on par with historical statistics for inter-parties re-exams. 
this inter-parties re-exams have been placed with the new IPRs. From 1999 to about 2013, only 12% of patents had all claims confirmed through an inter-parties re-exam process. Overall, 45% of the inter-parties re-exams had all claims canceled or disclaimed, and about 43% had amended claims confirmed. So although initially there was a lot of claims that were challenged, and all those claims challenged were canceled by the board, on a claim-by-claim basis, it seems that the, the trend may not continue or is not continuing, and at least as of now, seems on par with historical data from inter-parties re-exams. And Erica, do these statistics offer new hope for practitioners and patent owners? Yes, I think they do. When the AIA was first signed, we had a whole year before these trials could be filed, and parties had a long time to plan ahead and really focus on challenging, I think, the weakest patents first. And so the pendulum kind of swung out toward the end of all of the claims being canceled, no claims surviving in the early days of these proceedings when some of the weakest patents were being challenged under these brand new proceedings. I think now that some time has gone by, that has tapered off and we've started seeing patents surviving. And I think the pendulum is sort of moving back toward the center There is also hope, I think, for both petitioners and patent owners are becoming more sophisticated. We're really learning a lot about how these procedures work, and I think that's also making it a much more balanced arena for testing the patentability of issued U.S. patents. We've seen recently some decisions, the content guard decisions, for example, where all of the claims in several patents survived a challenge in an inter-parties review. And so I think that will become more common And as these proceedings go forward and we'll see some more balance, and as Tim said, we're sort of returning to the status quo before the AIA when we had re-examination proceedings, I think we're balancing back out to that sort of baseline. And I think that we'll see maybe a little less hand-wringing by the public. Of course, all of this is subject to what will happen when the federal circuit starts reviewing the decisions from the PTAB. Of course, the proceedings are appealable directly from the board to the federal circuit, and those have just started getting to the federal circuit. And once there start being decisions on these cases, I think we will learn a lot more about how these proceedings will work once the federal circuit has its say. Our guests have been Erica Arner and Tim McAnulty, attorneys at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. Stay tuned for upcoming podcasts on developing PTAB case law from the Federal Circuit at www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.